This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Till I Die podcast, uh, the preview show. Uh, another double header for you today. Uh, we face Accrington Stanley for the first time in uh, what is 119 years uh, at the Wham Stadium before we face MK Dons at home on Tuesday night. Uh, now with me to discuss both games um, and give you an insight into their respective clubs is Tony from across the pitch all the way in Canada uh, and Jonathan from the MK Dons Supporters Association. Now it makes perfect sense for me for me to speak to Tony first, seeing as though we face them this weekend. So, uh, Tony, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing well, uh, James. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, talking about Stanley, and uh, hopefully we can give uh, your listeners some uh, insight on, on the club and uh, what we're uh, up to these days. Good stuff. First of all, Accrington Stanley fan in Canada. How did that happen? Uh, well, I was born and raised in Accrington. Uh, emigrated when I was a teenager with my parents. And um, I was, when I was growing up, Stanley had fallen out of the football league in 62. Um, so I ended up following Burnley and was a, a big fan of them at the time. Uh, but once Stanley got back into the non-league and up through the ranks and back into the league, I've, uh, I follow them quite regularly. And in fact, uh, being retired now, I'm able to travel back and, uh, Pre-COVID, I go back for October, September, September, October, I should say, and uh, try and catch about five or six matches or more if I can. And um, and we follow my I follow, and uh, I've been a part of this podcast now for two or three years, where we uh, do weekly podcasts on on Accrington Stanley, all off and on the pitch. And uh, we've been fortunate to interview uh, all the managers, uh, Jimmy and John, and. Um, uh, Andy Holt, we've done him twice, and he's quite a character. And yeah, we'll get on to him in a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, and uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun covering Stanley. Good stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing um, it, it must have been quite difficult trying to follow him from you know from Canada as well. I mean, I guess in in recent times it's a lot easier with you know the internet and stuff like that. But before then, it must have been quite difficult. Well, it was. It was. In the uh, 70s and 80s, the only thing we were able to uh, get was a week old newspaper from the local, from the town paper. And, uh, you know, there'd be a little bit of an article in the back of the paper 
about Stanley, and that was really the only way you got to follow until the uh, until the internet came in, and then you could sort of get things uh, uh, almost on a daily, uh, real time yeah. basis. Yeah, good stuff. Now, um, obviously, we'll talk about your um, the manager as well uh, as well as the, the chairman. So, John Coleman. Um, a bit of a legend at uh, Actions and Stanley is the just looking at the fourth um, longest serving manager in the EFL. Uh, Simon Weaver being the uh, Harrogate being the the longest serving. Obviously, we played Harrogate uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's been there for twelve years and one hundred and seventy four days. Or oh, that might be a little bit uh, out of date now. But uh, John Coleman's been there what just over just over seven years uh, in his second stint at the club as well. Uh, like I said, is he? I'm guessing he's a bit of a legend uh, in the. Yeah. Absolutely. He's, um, uh, well, the, the signs up there behind uh, in the Clayton end that's that Coleman is God. So, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's very highly thought of in the town and by the, uh, by the chairman. Um, I think he realized that when he left uh, to go to Rochdale and uh, he, he didn't really have a lot of time to prove himself at Rochdale and, and went to Southport and Sligo Rovers. And then um, he had a chance to come back and uh, and he realized when he come back that uh, uh, it was a good fit for him and uh, and obviously a good fit for uh, Stanley they it's some it's something about a it's like when you look at Alex Ferguson or Alex Ferguson and man United they're a perfect fit and uh, John Coleman is uh, is the perfect fit for Stanley um, he's used to operating on low budgets and finding um gems if you want uh, in the non-league and because uh, you, you just you can't pay big transfer fees to bring players in so you have to you have to develop and and find them and uh, john and jimmy and their uh, liverpool connections are uh, well known in 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 bringing in some talent yeah i mean just looking there you know he's had three promotions in seven in the seven seasons that is uh that he's been at the club in his second stint so uh like you said clearly something's uh something's working and um and yeah, I mean, I'm guessing long may it continue for, for for the Stanley fans. Well, he he's in total. Uh, he's had four in total with um, with Stanley. If he hadn't got that first one uh, back in nineteen uh, in 1990, I believe it was. Um, he probably if he he probably would have been fired if they hadn't got promoted. But uh, he's never been relegated, and he's always improved the team year to year. And he said he's actually said that. Uh, He's got one more promotion in him, and uh, we're hoping that he does, and we're hoping it's soon. And yeah. wouldn't that be a story? Uh, Accrington Stanley getting into the uh, into the championship that would yeah. be uh, that would be something else. It would definitely. I mean, just onto your recent form, then uh, last season, how did you uh, how did you fare? How did you get on? Well, we finished eleventh, which was uh, a good finish. It, it was, uh, I think, we finished seventeenth, fourteenth, and uh, we're finished eleventh. Uh, finished on a good note because we were uh, really challenging for the playoffs in uh, in the, the late in the season and ran into a bit of an injury situation. And not having the depth of squad, it was really hard to maintain that uh, that form. But at the last three matches, we uh, we I think one of the things that we felt good about is we prevented Portsmouth getting into the into the playoffs and went undefeated against three teams in the top six, which set us in good stead and in a good frame of mind for this season because the expectations then were um, you know, we could we could challenge for the playoffs or uh, you know be a team that uh, 
contends. And I think the expectations going into the season um, was was fairly high, which is which is a bit unusual because generally Stanley fans are content to be where they are because they're in League One and pinching themselves. But the fans now have got used to being in League One and we're an established League One team. And so I think people are starting to think now, you know, can we do uh, do better and, and move up? Yeah, I mean, has that changed like kind of since Sandy Holt's come in, the chairman? I mean, he came in, what, 2015, was it now? Is that, is that, am, I, am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, about that time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's come in. He's been quite vocal on uh, on social media. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, uh, would you say that he's contributed to your kind of uh, the the form over the recent years? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what he's done is he's uh, he really eliminated the debt and he he started making different revenue streams and uh, any any funds that uh, he got in uh, the sale of Caden Jackson. I think it was around 1.75 million to Ipswich. Uh, he just turns around and puts that money into the infrastructure. Uh, yeah. They've got a, a hybrid uh, pitch that's really top notch. I mean, it looks it just looks as good as the pitch uh, at, at any Premier League stadium now. Um, and he's 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 put full faith into uh, John Coleman and Jimmy Bell. Uh, he just he said, I they know more about football, so why would I? Why would I get rid of them? Because they're doing such a good job, and uh, so he, he, I think with uh, John and Jimmy having that uh, feeling of of no pressure to perform, uh, yeah. and and they're going to be, they know they're going to be there if, if there isn't a bit of a bad spell, and and Andy Holt's not trigger happy, and uh, he lets them do their job, and uh, I think when coaches can perform and managers can do their job without. Uh, pressure on their shoulders, uh, they can they can perform better, and it translates onto the pitch. Yeah, I mean, go, going on to like the, the even more recent form, uh, I've just been looking at uh, where you are in the league. Uh, you, you currently sit twelfth. Uh, um, your last five games, just the one win, two draws, and two defeats, uh, including a recent four-one defeat to the hands of the league leaders, Plymouth. Um, just like us uh, in the cup last night, we got uh, a second spanking by uh, by them. Um, similarly, you you also lost in the cup five five one um, as as well. Um, would you say you know what, what would you say that, you know the recent form bit up and down? Is that that kind of season's gone so far this season? Uh, inconsistency is a word that, that that really jumps out, and uh, there's a couple of reasons for it. I think uh, James is uh, one of them. We've got uh, one of our top players out, Joel Pritchard, who uh, plays on the wing um, and is a game changer in himself. Uh, and I think he's out injured, and he has been for most of the season. And I think that's the reason why he's not playing at a higher level because he's uh, had a fair share of injuries. Uh, but when he's around, he can he can really have an impact. And then we had the um, issue with uh, uh, Dion Charles um, uh, deciding uh, not to play for the club anymore, and he's he's basically um, training with the youth team now, and and um, said he wants to wants to transfer. Uh, but I mean, the club will will train will give him a transfer, but. Uh, only if the uh, the right fee comes in, and uh, we had an offer for him in um, in August, late August, and it was only two hundred thousand pounds from Hibs in Scotland, and uh, the club said we're not going to let him go for that. Uh, he's he's um, 
he got called up to Northern Ireland, and uh, I think uh, there's a various various that was part of it, and other other couple items that sort of turned his head a little bit. And yeah. he, he thinks he should be with a bigger club, but he's taken the wrong approach as far as I'm concerned because he's to um, to to get a move, you want to be on the pitch, showing your showing your yeah, hundred percent. Uh, and he can impress, and, and in fact, he's got dropped from the North Ireland Island squad, and it, nobody's watching him. So um, it, it's part, that had a, that's uh, had an effect because it um, we really didn't have a lot of depth in the striker uh, area. Uh, we had Kobe Bishop and uh, Dion Charles, and between the two of them, last year got over thirty-five goals. I think between between the two of them, a really good combination. Um, and uh, we've got Colby Bishop out now, unfortunately, for this Saturday with a suspension. Um, so it's been um, it's been inconsistent because of injuries and suspensions, and the fact the player decided not to play. Which um, it's it's um, you know it's it's just really throwing a wrench into the into things, really. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm just just looking at you know the goals that you've scored so far this season. Look, um, twenty goals compared to our twenty-one. I mean, we've we found it hard um, hard to score goals this season. We've only scored three goals once, and that came in the three-nil win against against Sunderland. Um, from what you've just been saying there, with you know one of your main strikers not wanting to play, do you think that's contributed to the fact that you've not been able to score as many this season? Yeah, and our our top uh, goal scorer right now is is our midfielder. Yeah, uh, and uh, because we've had to change formations uh, with with uh, uh, Dion Charles sitting out, we we really went from a uh, we were playing a three five two to start the season, uh, and then they went to uh, with Charles out went to a three five one one with Bishop up front and then Harry Pell in behind him, uh, but. I think that's uh, I think uh, that's really going to change now for this Saturday, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we look at a three-four-two-one, uh, which is what they played against uh, uh, Plymouth and and also against Fleetwood. And now Plymouth match it was a four-one result, but it it that score was really did flatter Plymouth. Although I have to say Plymouth are a good side. I yeah. think the match, match was a lot closer than a four-one. Uh, and we had a good performance a week before in the uh, Papa John where we beat Fleetwood 4-1. And if you ever, if you want to check the highlights for that, the two goals by Harry Pell and uh, Ethan Hamilton are as two good goals you're going to see in a half of football uh, for a long time. I've seen, I've already seen them. Yeah, they were uh, they were quite special. Uh, those ones, uh, definitely. I mean, I'm just just looking, uh, you know, players to watch, and that man, that man you've mentioned, Harry Pell, is is one that I've uh, earmarked down mainly because he's uh, he's your top goal scorer with uh, with five goals and and three assists. You, you say that you know all these goals have come from from midfield. Um, obviously, is that a bit of a well, well. First of all, Harry Pell is—is is, is he? Uh, would you say he's one of your your better players so far this season? Yeah, he's he is without without a shadow of a doubt. And and then because uh, he's they put him in when I say midfield, he's really playing as a as a number ten, sort of an attacking midfield behind the, yeah. the striker. And he, he's tall; he's six foot five or six six, and and so he's. Uh, this is one thing that with Stanley, they are good on set pieces. Uh, free kicks or uh, corners. Uh, you've got Sykes and uh, Nottingham and uh, and Pell, 
and Hamilton, they're all over six three, six four. Um, so they do get uh, they do score some goals from set pieces, but uh, well, Harry, sorry. Well, that's a bit of a worry for us because we're uh, we've only got one rec- one like recognised. Uh, centre back at the moment. Uh, we're injury ridden, um, so yeah, that's that is a bit of a concern that you've got the uh, a lot of tall players. That could be a, could be a bit of a problem for us on Saturday. Well, as and if we're, there's a the young fella just played the last two games, he's, he's uh, been signed from non league. It's a fellow called Tommy Lee. Uh, was with Bognor Regis last season, so that's a big jump uh, from there to, uh, to League One. Uh, he's played the last two go- two games and he scored two goals. Uh, he's so he might get a chance to start on on Saturday. Uh, and one of his uh, one of the things in his arsenal is he's a lot. He has a good long throw in. So okay, and, and that's another set piece that can can cause problems because he can get that ball into the box, and uh, uh, they like to sort of uh, uh, di- you know head it on to another player at the back post or redirect it type of thing, so as to throw the defenders off. But um, yeah, I think we've uh, we've got. The other player I think is a key to watch is Ethan Hamilton. Uh, he's only he, he he got bought late in the season or late in the transfer window, uh, and he got we bought him from Peterborough, and he has got for our squad he's got a, a real touch of quality, and uh, you can see in his play he can control the ball on the ground in the midfield and he can score. So you'll see I think you'll see him in the midfield, and uh, you might see uh, Pell and Lee. Uh, in front of them uh, uh, playing. And I think for well, they'll, those two probably will play behind the a lone striker. And I'm, I'm anticipating they might have uh, Joel Mombongo in and he's on loan from Burnley. Uh, and he's, okay. he's a good player. He just hasn't been able to like under 23s when they go into a league one, they find it a little, uh, uh, an adjustment period, more physical, uh, and it takes time to it uh, to uh, to get used to it. But I think I think he might get a start on Saturday and play as a lone striker, up front and we'll see what he can do. Okay, I mean, you've, obviously you've alluded to the to the, the formation that you expect uh, Accrington to play on on Saturday. But what how would you describe the the style of play? Like, what what would you, you know, obviously you said, you said that you you focus heavily on the set pieces, and but how, how do we um, how would you expect you to play on Saturday? Well, they do like to play out from the back and. Uh, you know they do use the wind backs quite quite a bit, uh, but look for Nottingham in to start out the play from the back and uh, play the ball uh, on the ground through the midfield out to the wings. Uh, it's, they do once in a while mix it up and, and, and go along with from Toby Seven, um, but generally they like to play the ball out the back and keep it on the floor. And now that they, they they started doing that because once they got a really good pitch at the Wamp Stadium, they they could actually play <laughs> on the ground, and, and so that helped help dictate the style of play they uh, they use. And uh, I think that's why sometimes in the past they used to get good results when they played away because they could play good football on a good pitch. Uh, but at home at home they do play. They are strong at home. I mean, I know they lost to Ports uh, to Plymouth and they've lost to Wigan, both two strong teams. Uh, but they do they do give um, the teams that come in they do give them a good run for their money and uh, it's going to be a tough match on Saturday but I don't think uh, it's going to be sort of a uh, I don't see a four uh, one score for, uh, for you guys anyway. Yeah, I mean uh, one frustration of ours is that um, 
Darren Moore probably gives a little bit too much respect to his opponents in a sense that uh, he adapts his this the style of play to uh, to combat the the opposition. I know that is you know that's that's football, um, but but we we kind of expect that you know. Um, to have the opposition worry about us as about us, you know, as opposed to us worrying more about them. Um, does you know? Does does John Coleman does he adapt your style of play to the opposition, or does he kind of pretty much play the same same way week in week out? Well, he, he uh, what he likes to do, he says he likes to he likes to play the football that he can control, and uh, he said I can't, you know, I, he scouts the other teams and they prepare for for other teams as they come in. But he likes to take. Uh, he likes to play the football he wants to play, and not sort of play in a, way, a reactionary way to what uh, what you guys would do. So he, he'll he'll take the play and he'll move the ball around, and uh, he just wants to make sure that if you guys can counter, that he's he's got the right formation and the right setup when they do. Yeah, brilliant. Now. Um... Just one another thing I want to touch on is, is how's the how have the fans been reacting so far this season? You know, uh, you mentioned there that you know you've been making steady progression in League One, but you know the fans are perhaps a little bit you know higher expectation this season. You do sit you do sit twelfth. Uh, what's the noise coming out of the, the Wham Stadium at the moment? Well, I, I think we did a preview show uh, at the start, and there was uh, a lot of people were looking at you know in and around the playoffs anywhere from sixth to uh, eight or ninth, but definitely in the top 10. Uh, and I think with, uh, I think that has been uh, tampered a little bit now, and I don't think the expectations are as high, but I think there's a sense of frustration uh, because of, and disappointment because of what Dion Charles did. He was, a, a the fans really got behind him and they feel, they feel sort of jaded a bit because he's, he's, um, said he's not going to play for the club anymore. And and that's very unusual because players, when they play at Stanley, you know, they don't, they play, they, they put their hearts into it. And yeah. uh, I think it really, it's really upset a few people. And I don't know if he could come back now. He'd have to make, he'd have to certainly make uh, some uh, sincere apologies if he wanted to come back. Uh, but I think there's a sense of frustration now because of the inconsistency um, with injuries and suspensions we don't see the same starting 11 week in week out. And uh, uh, I think there's a feeling now that they want to see some of the younger players get a, a chance because the I think people think that playoffs might be a little far, too far a reach for us this season now, and therefore give the, some of the younger players a, a, a run. And I think that's why we may see, uh, see Tommy Lee in. And I think he's got a, a bright future uh, for a guy that's just come from non-league, so um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's dropped a little bit as the expectation by the fans uh, because of the of what's transpired in the last couple of months. Good. I mean, obviously, for the for the fans that are making that uh, that trip to the to the Wham Stadium, obviously we've sold out our allocation again as we as we have done for I think every single away ge- game so far this season in the in the league. Um, I mean, what sort of what sort of atmosphere are they are they expecting? Because obviously, um, you know, disrespect to, to Accrington, but obviously the the Wham Stadium's a lot a lot smaller, and all, mo- most of these stadiums that we come to visit um, this season are, are very much like that. And uh, is it are, are, is it going to be a, a hostile reception? 
No, in fact, no, it's the opposite because it's the one place where you have you you can have uh, fans mingle in the in the beer tent, uh, and uh, Accrington fans are very. Uh, very accommodating and very accepting because uh, they they think well you know we're we we're just been invited to this this big club of being League One so we kind of we kind of don't turn our nose up at anybody and uh, uh, the experience that fans have had at Wham Stadium has always been top notch they've it's been voted one of the best way atmospheres and the best away uh, stadiums uh, in League One. Uh, they they go out of their ways. I remember one. It was a one night match. I think it was Portsmouth came up, and it, it was a cold night. And Andy Alt went in and bought everybody, all the traveling fans, bought them a hot drink. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. So that's, that's the sort of thing that they do. Uh, it's a it's a quaint. They're going through some construction now with the the hospitality lounge and bar, but the stand there's a stand that you guys will have that's only about four or five years old. Uh, that that holds about 1,500, 2,000. Uh, then you've got the uh, famous uh, uh, coppice end, which is open, open-ended, open no roof. So you just hope it's not raining because <laughs> yeah. whoever's in that end gets, uh, gets <laughs> wet. Uh, but the atmosphere, you'll enjoy it because you're right on top of the action. It's not plastic. It's not, uh, pa- uh, uh, you know, sort of sterilized like you see it, say, in, a, in the Premier League. You'll yeah. enjoy the, you'll enjoy the experience, and uh, I have never, I have very rarely do you hear of a bad experience of people going to Accrington because they come away and said that was a real proper away day and a good day out. Good stuff. Well, uh, I, I I tend to struggle to get to uh, away games just because of the uh, young family that I've uh, that I've got. But I'm sure, like I said, there's a lot of people listening that will be uh, that will be going to Accrington this uh, this weekend. So that's good to uh, good to hear. Now, on, um, uh, the one the one thing I'd recommend they have is they have a a, a beer on tap. It's called Aki Ale, and it's a local brewery out of Boland, uh, and it's a nice uh, craft ale. And and I'll tell you. Uh, if you're if the fans like a good pint, tell them to if, uh, ask for an Aki ale, and uh, they'll enjoy it. I'll tell you. I bet you'll bring uh, a few uh, a few cans of that home, don't you, Tony? When you uh, when you visit? Well, um, I don't bring many back because by the time I've left, uh, my liver's telling me no more. So. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, good stuff. So uh, before we uh, before we leave it, then um, as always, I've got to nail you down to a score prediction. Then, so how do you think it's going to uh, finish on Saturday? Well, I know a lot of times, uh, you know, the the somebody coming on and talking about their team is going to predict a win. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to go with a draw, and I'm going to say two two. Um, I think both teams can score. Will score. Uh, and I think based on our recent form, uh, I, I, I'm going with a 2-2 draw. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick uh, Pell and, uh, and Tommy Lee to score the two goals. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, um, we need wins desperately. Um, we're uh, too many draws so, so far this season. Um, and, you know, there's been increasing pressure on, on Darren Moore. So uh, for, for me, um, yeah, yeah. Like you said, we've got to, you've got you've got to look for a for a win. I hope I hope we can go going on Saturday and and get that win. But the problem is, you know, with the amount of injuries that, that we've got, I think we've got eight players out that would probably walk into the into the first team. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult one. So uh, yeah, I think 
I would want to win. I'd want a, a, a 2 0 or a 3 0 or something like that. But realistically, I think you're probably right. A 2 a 2, two in, isn't um, out of the realms of possibility, to be fair. Well, I think, uh, and this is I, I, my question to you is uh, do you guys find that uh, it's this league is a lot tougher than to get out of than, than, than people would have expected? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think so far this season, our, our problem has been uh, against the teams below us in the in the league and those quote unquote that you expected to be. We've we've come uh, we've come unstuck. You know, uh, we haven't lost many games this season. Three games, uh, three defeats, but we've had I think seven or eight draws. Um, you know, we've we got beat by Morecambe. Uh, we've drawn two two with AFC Wimbledon. We've drawn to Cambridge, Lincoln. Um, the list goes on, and and they're the teams that if you wanted to to get out of this division, you've got to beat those. But then on the flip side, we've we beat Sunderland three nil. We've beat Rotherham two nil, and then we beat Wigan two one. So the teams that um, that come and play uh, against us um, and take it to us, we seem to do all right. Plymouth being the exception, we got beat three nil. Um, but the teams that uh, that are a bit perhaps a bit more cautious, we we don't really have a plan B. Uh, we find it difficult to break them down. Gillingham uh, last weekend we had twenty one shots, nine on target. We only hit the, hit the back of the net once, and that was a um, a fortunate you know rebound that that we that we put in. So yeah, um, you, you see other sides. Plymouth in the in the FA Cup, they had one first chance they had, they scored a goal. We had three or four chances and still couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. So, um, yeah, I think we need to, uh, we are finding it difficult. I think when we made all the signings at the start of the season, um, everyone thought it was going to be a, a walk in the park. And, and yeah, I mean, even though it's not been a disaster so far, um, it, it's certainly, we are finding it tough. Yeah, I think you can ask uh, Sunderland fans how tough it is to get everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think one of the things is that is is you get teams that have uh, got uh, a good pedigree, uh, like yourselves that have been in the Premier League and Championship teams. Um, and we did an actual uh, not that long ago, and we called it the Tim Pod episode. And we we talked about what clubs uh, were the big clubs in League One and what what clubs constituted a Tim Pot club, and and uh, based on uh, history, the uh, size of the club stadium and the fan following and definitely Sheffield Wednesday is is one of those big clubs and unfortunately when we like to make fun of ourselves a bit too is that we had Stanley in as uh, as a tin pot club <laughs> just simply because of the reputation and uh, uh, that we are considered a small club small stadium small small following uh, the one thing we do have is a, is a lot of heart, and uh, we always seem to we always seem to get up for the for the good teams. We beat Ipswich, uh, you know, as they would beat uh, Portsmouth. Uh, we were we won away at Charlton. We can we can play with the big boys, and uh, they generally do get up for the for matches like this. So I'm expecting a, a good match, and uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, hopefully it's a it's a good match for everybody to watch. Good stuff, good stuff. And before we uh, wrap things up, Tony, where, where can where can we find you on social media and podcast and whatnot? I'm uh, on uh, on Twitter uh, at tonecat54, and we're across the pitch uh, dot com. Uh, on uh, Twitter, we're uh, across pitch uh, at pitch at cross pitch. Yeah, uh, so you can uh, just Google across the pitch, and you can find our, our episodes. Uh, we we as I said we did some with uh, Andy Hall this year that were really uh, int- would be interest to the neutral fans, 
Uh, we've got a, a, a library of about 300 episodes, so there's always lots to, for people to listen to if they want to find out more about Akron and Stanley. Fantastic. Tony, thank you very much for, uh, for taking time out of your day to, uh, to speak to us, and, uh, and yeah, good luck for the, uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, same to you. Thanks for your time, James. Much appreciated, and uh, uh, look forward to seeing a good match Saturday. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, and now we're joined by Jonathan Harris from uh, from the MK Dons Supporters Association. How are you, Jonathan? You all right? I'm very well, thanks, James. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for asking. Uh, thanks for taking the time out of your evening to uh, to join us. Uh, we do really uh, do really appreciate it. So um, I'm going to get straight yeah straight into it then uh, with MK Dons. Um, before we talk about this season and uh, and how you're doing so far, um, obviously it was well documented. We've already we've played AFC Wimbledon already this season. Obviously the split between uh, you know that that you know, the, the club back then. Um, Obviously, am I right in saying you, you were quite a late adopter to, to MK Dons? I mean, when did you start following uh, following them? So, yeah, I didn't start following them until the promotion season or now uh, only seasons of the championship. Um, basically, right, okay. my, my uh, best friend's a season ticket holder at MK Dons and I had a spare weekend and he said, do you fancy coming to Peterborough with me for a game? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So... Went there, lost three two in our first game, and um, not look not looked back since. Got a season to get the next season for the championship. I did sixteen out of the twenty three grounds. Um, unfortunately, didn't do yours because I believe that was a Tuesday night as well. All right, okay, uh, yeah. But yeah, I got I did sixteen of those grounds, and I've just followed them ever since. Yeah, I mean. I- What's uh, how did your season pan out uh, last season then? Uh, whereabouts did you finish? Well, it started off quite slow because we were under new man. It was Russell Martin's first uh, full season. Um, well, not even that really with, with the pandemic and everything. Um, yeah, we it got off to a slow start. Some of our players, some of our better players, didn't come in until. Um, after the season started, so Cameron Jerome, who ended up with 12 or 13 goals uh, that season, Scott Fraser, um, he didn't come in until quite late as well. So it took quite a few weeks for the side to gel. Um, oh, yeah. And We're going through learned... that same phase at the moment as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it was all about the process with Russell Martin. You've probably seen all his, uh, all his like, pre and post-match interviews talking about the process and how he likes to pass it out from the back. And I can see from opposition fans that it can be frustrating. But if you if you um, 
if you take time to trust in the process, you can actually see why he's doing it or why he did it. So yeah. in the end, I think we ended up finishing, we ended up finishing 12, um, which I thought was really good. We had an outside chance of the playoffs with three games to go, but uh, that didn't materialise. But we were quite happy with um, with mid-table. And then um, Russell Martin then got this summer, he got uh, real real quality players in. Um, like I think this is probably the best squad we've had for yeah. some time. And then he decided a week before the season started against Bolton that he wanted to move to South Wales. Yeah, I'm just looking at that because you're talking about this manager, and I'm thinking, well, that's not your manager now. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Liam Manning in it is is the the boss at the moment. Yes. So he came in. Um, he came in a week after. Yeah. Dean Lewinson took charge of the first game of the season against Bolton, the three-three draw, and then Liam Manning came in the week after and he took charge of the home game against Sunderland. Um, it, it wasn't a very long process. I think they had an idea who they wanted if Russell Martin had decided to leave. Um, uh, he was, he managed a team over in Belgium. He was part of the Manchester City group. Um, he also helped develop Declan Rice at West Ham when he was a youth coach there. So yeah. he's got good good experience in, in developing the youth. And he seems to have settled in quite well, actually. Um, got I mean, how is, that, how is that received then? Because like, he's not, like you like just alluded to there, he's not really got a, any sort of track record, has he? So uh, what was the noise coming out of MK when, when he was appointed? Was it a bit like, who is he like kind of, kind of thing? It it was a it was a bit like who, who is he that wasn't really much on him unless he did uh, some proper re- research. Um, a yeah. lot of the Belgian press were very complimentary about his style, um, similar to Russell Martin's and the way he used sort of different um, bits and pieces. And he came in and he, he it's just it's just fitted like a glove to be honest. Um, August was a bit iffy, but then he got manager of the month for September. Yeah. Um, so for his first full month in charge, that's pretty pretty decent. Um, then we went for a little sticky patch, but touch wood, we seem to have uh, come out of that at the moment, and we currently lie fifth. Yeah, I was about to, I was just about to say that. Yeah, fifth in the in the league. Um, in your form in the last five in the league, what three wins uh, and two defeats, no draws. Um, your last league outing with a four-one demolition of uh, of Cambridge, um, and then you've just had a defeat, uh, a two-one defeat in the in the FA Cup uh, in a in a replay. Um, I mean, what would you you know? Three wins, two two defeats. It, it, would you say that's kind of how your how your season's been? You know, winning, you know, getting the wins, a few defeats here and there, but you know, more wins than obviously. If you if you're lying fifth, then clearly you're winning more than you you're getting beat. Yeah, I mean, we've had some real good results over the season so far. We went to Ipswich and um, potentially could have won that at Ipswich. We ended up drawing two each. Um, I think we played Charlton at the right time because we beat them 2-1 and they're slowly improving. Um, we beat Wickham 1-0 at home, which is a real good result, I think, in the, in the context of the season because I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. Obviously, our only disappointing result so far was getting trounced 3-0 at home to Rotherham, but on that day, they were honestly unplayable. Um, they've obviously got a more settled squad, settled manager, 
And you could see the difference between them. They're basically a championship side in League One, really. Yeah. But I'd say for the majority of the season, we've been pretty competitive. I mean, just just looking as well, obviously, you you do ship goals, uh, you do concede a few, but you're, you know, you've scored 31, which is uh, just, just looking now, uh, there's only Plymouth, I think, that've scored, uh, or Plymouth and Ipswich that've scored more goals than you so far this season. So is it a case of like, you know, if you score one, we're going to score two? That sort of mentality. Absolutely. Um, case in point would have been that Charlton game. We were one nil down after four or five minutes to a Jaden Stockley header, and then within the space of six minutes in the first half, we. Uh, we equalised for Parrot and we never looked back since then. We completely dominate them. It could have been more than 2-1. Um, yeah. Obviously, the game at the weekend against Cambridge, we absolutely blitzed them first half, 3-0 up. Yeah. Uh, Cambridge had no answer. And uh, yeah, when 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 we're good, we're good. Yeah, I mean, how would you, how would you describe the, the style of play that you like to, that, that the manager likes to put out? Um, he likes the, he likes uh, passing uh, possession football, but it's with more of a purpose than what Russell Martin had at, a, at the time. Um, he doesn't mind the long balls over the top um, for, for our strikers. He, he doesn't mind like even sort of battling. He, he likes us battling. If we have teams like like to scrap and battle, he likes that as well in his sides. Um, so I wouldn't say there's a particular way we play. We do like to use our wing-backs a lot. Uh, Peter Chioso has scored in his, I think, four of his last five away games. Um, okay. Wing-back, uh, Daniel Harvey on the left-hand side, very useful deliveries. Um, obviously, we've got the goal threat of Scott Twine. You give him a free kick outside the area, get it on target. He's probably, Barry Bannon's probably the closest thing to Scott Twine if we're yeah. comparing players. Is he, is he a striker then? Is he, I was looking, I mean, I've really uh, in-depth uh, analysis. I just literally just looked at who scored your most goals and uh, they're normally the players to watch. And obviously, yeah, Scott, Scott Twine, eight goals, four assists. Uh, I'm right in saying he signed from Newport, did he? In the, uh, uh, no, right? he signed, we got him on a free from Swindon um, oh, right, okay. at the end of the season. He was on loan at Newport last season. Oh, right, okay. The first half of last season. Um, but he he just... I, I, there's no words for him. Um, well, he's only young and he's only, what, 22-year-old, is he? Yeah, 20, 20, 21 or 22 years old. We got him, well, we got him on a free. I think we had to pay Swindon some form of youth compensation, but uh, but he's basically for free. Um, real good midfielder. Um, likes, likes to be on the ball a lot, likes to assist, likes to um, shoot from range. Um, it's just really, I can't believe we've got him. To be honest, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there's a, there's another one that that you're probably going to say exactly the same is uh, Troy Parrott, um, 19 year old, on loan from Tottenham. Nonetheless, uh, he's already got 10 caps for Ireland, three goals, three assists, and he's uh, he's only 19 year old. So uh, he's certainly one to want to watch for the, for the future. I mean, how, how has he been faring so far this season? Uh, in fairness, with all the international breaks we've had, he's not really had a, a settled, settled sort of period at MK Dons. He's all obviously been away with Ireland, come back, uh, come on the bench, and then had to go away again. So I think now, between now and the next international period in March, I think we're going to probably see 
the best of him if he if he stays past January. Um, I I think of him more of as an, as a number ten because he likes to drop deep and and create or uh, take players on. Um, I wouldn't call him a striker like Max Waters or Mo, Mo Issa, but uh, yeah, he's. Certainly, I think we're going to get a lot more from Troy between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, you have a, you have a knack, don't you, of, uh, of picking up these loan signings at MK, don't you? I mean, like you go back to like Delhi Alley, going back a few years and what have you started there. Did, did you have Harry Kane as well at, at one point? Is that right? I'm thinking someone totally uh, different no, there. No, we've had Andros Townsend. Oh, we've yeah. had Harvey Barnes, who's ripped it up for Leicester. He's yep. had a six-month loan. Uh, he was really good. Um, we've had... Uh, Chuck Sanike is now playing at Birmingham. Um, Reese Healy, um, he's, he moved to Toulouse for big money. He yeah. was, we got him on loan from Cardiff, and then he had a purple patch, and then we signed him permanently the next summer. And again, he had another good start to the season, and we sold him in January. Um, Think of any of the ones there's been like, a few, oh, there's been a few that uh, you know when you, you you always see those pictures on social media and what have you where they, you know where the, where the players have played and in the careers and what have you and MK Dons always seem to pop up with a few uh, a few of these uh, loan signings that you kind of forget that have uh, that have played for you. Um, I mean another one that I've I've just picked out is Matt O'Reilly. Um, he's, he's he's having a, a decent season. He's pitched in with three goals, haven't you, so far this season? Yeah, he's he's. He's brilliant. He plays on the right-hand side, but he's left-footed. He uh, likes to get on the ball, likes to ping passes out to Twine or likes to uh, intervene with Mo Iser or whoever's up front. Um, I believe that Blackpool made a bid for him on the last day of the transfer window and we rejected it. So okay. there's definitely championship quality there. We signed him from... He, he cancelled his own contract at Fulham to come and sign for us under Russell Martin um, last January. And he just hasn't looked back since. It's just like he's been there for years and years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's only 20 as well. It sounds like, well, just from looking, yeah, he's quite a young side that you've uh, that you've got. Is that Would that be fair to say? Uh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Dean Linton's the obvious anomaly out of yeah. all of that. Um, but I think our average age of our defence, when he's not there, is usually about... 21. Um, as you say, Troy Parrott's not even 20 yet. David Kasumu's only just turned 21. Um, Scott Twine's still 21, 22. Um, yeah. I think it's just it's just brilliant to see that so many young players are wanting to come to us and develop their game and then either move on or stay with us and develop their game even more. I mean, is, is that something that annoys you as a football club in that, you know, players do come and then and then move on to, to better things? Or is that something that you're quite proud of? Uh, that, that, you, you know, that you, you're seen as like a stepping stone kind of thing? Because obviously you want to, you know, you want to keep your best players, don't you? That's the that's the aim. And, you know, to see them come and then go is, uh, you know, you feel, sometimes you feel like you're starting again. But, but you know, what's your take on that? Well, when I first started supporting them, it was it was a bit sort of frustrating. I remember we lost Benicafobe to Wolves in January when we were doing well in uh, League One in the promotion season. But again, because he wasn't our player, now now I've been a few years that I realised they're not our players. At the end of the day, they're contracted under different teams. They come here for experience, and if they do move on for bigger money, then uh, then we've aided their development. Um, 
Reese Healy was probably the one that hurt the most because I just felt that we just hadn't seen Reese Healy for a, for a full season. And that that one for me was the one that probably hurt more than Scott Fraser did actually, because I believe Scott moved to Ipswich basically for, for better money and a better contract. So when there's players like that, you, you're not really sort of pushed away. But Reese Healy for me was just never felt like I saw the best of him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've already said that you know the fact that you're doing well this season, you sat sat fifth currently in the in those playoff spots. I mean, how are the how are the fan, fans on the whole kind of reacting to this season? Is there is there like an air of positivity around MK Dons at the moment? Absolutely, without doubt, um, they're enjoying the football they've seen. They're enjoying the effort and the commitment that they've seen from the players on a on a weekly basis. As I say, said previously, there's probably only been. Rotherham that, that we haven't turned up um, but um, we took we our away attendances which get much um, maligned and sort of get the mickey taken out of us there going up this season I think we took well we took 500 to Stevenage last night um, we've taken nearly 200 to Wigan on a Tuesday night um, so the 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 support is brilliant. Um, the guys, the lads from Don's Action, they do a lot to help support the uh, fan base as well. They're just a group of uh, 18 to 21 year old lads who uh, just try and get the atmosphere going. So they've done, they've done magnificently um, in the short period they've been around. Yeah, good stuff. I mean. Um... In terms of like expectations and stuff, um, actually, before we get before we get onto that, I mean, um, at the moment, Chef, you know, we are blighted with injuries. You know, I think we've got eight or nine players out there that are injured, and you could argue that nearly all of those would would walk straight into the into the starting lineup uh, in some way, shape, or form. I mean, how are you faring with with injuries at this point in the season? Is there many that are out, or many many of your first team regulars? Um. No, there's going to be, I think we're going to have one suspended for Saturday, but that's only going to be for a game. He picked up two yellow cards last night in the FA Cup. So I believe he's only going to be out for a game. Uh, Harry Darling, who's been our main centre-back out of the back three all season. Um, we've, as I say, Troy Parrott's been away on international duty, but he's back. Moisa picked up a, a groin injury and then was... Uh, in self-isolation because two members of our squad had uh, had COVID, but there's only one there's only one um, player now that's still suffering the effects of COVID, and everyone else that um, is back. So, yeah. so pretty much full strength. That's uh, that's worrying <laughs> for us at least. Anyway, uh, I mean, yeah, it's all, it's all right. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Expect going to expectations then. So. I mean, where are you expecting to finish now versus where you thought you were going to finish uh, at, at the start of the season? Is that pretty much the same, or or is that, or has that changed as the as the season has gone on? Well, at the start of the season, before our previous manager had left, I was I was realistically thinking if we can sneak into sixth place in the playoffs, because you know yourself how strong this League One yeah. is, how ridiculously strong. I'd say it's stronger than the Championship this season. Yeah. I mean, you look at Wigan, you look at Ipswich, Charlton, Portsmouth, yourselves. Sunderland. Um, Sunderland, Rotherham. Yeah. 
just just so many sides that could say they, they, they deserve to go up to the championship. And then you've got the sides like ourselves and Burton and that might and Oxford that probably want to sneak that last playoff spot if they can. Yeah. Now I'd say we've got a tough run of fixtures between now and Christmas because we've got yourselves and then we've got Oxford and Plymouth back to back home at the start of December, which for me is vital that we, we don't lose any of those three. Yeah. So if we can get to end of January with touch wood the majority of our squad fit and ready to go again and still be in and around the top six, then there's no reason why we can't push for playoffs. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I mean, uh, obviously, it's, it is a Tuesday night uh, game at Hillsborough. Uh, I mean, how many how many fans are we expecting to uh, to come? I mean, I just want to say, I mean, when MK Dons was first formed, I can remember uh, going back. I can't remember how many years ago it was now, but uh, I was uh, I was only a young young kid, and I can remember that. Uh, yeah, he were MK Dons against Wednesday, the first time they were played each other. Obviously, under your current guys, and. Yeah. I always joke how they must have literally been a, a minibus of, of, of MK Dons fans that, that, that made the trip. There must have been literally about 15 or 20 of them, which obviously now in the in the away end, which holds what, four, around about 4,000 fans. There was just a, a gaggle of, of people in the middle. Like, I, that always uh, always sticks in my mind, that uh, that image. But yeah, how many how many fans are expected to make that, uh, that journey on Tuesday? I'd, I'd say probably the same about Wigan. Maybe... 200 maybe less maybe slightly more um yeah. obviously with it being a tuesday and being close to christmas people might may or may not want to take it off i know there's a quite a few um mk fans that are up at university at manchester and uh and leads that are coming across so you yeah. might get a few few of them but i'd say probably around about the 200 mark yeah. i think you've allocated just four or five hundred for, for Tuesday, anyway. Great stuff. Um, obviously, before we uh, before we finish, then um, I do I do want to nail you down to a uh, to a score prediction. Then, so I was looking at the uh, you know the recent meetings. Uh, we've had no win in the last uh, in the last five uh, visits uh, or meetings with yourself. Three draws and two two defeats for us. Uh, the last meeting uh, at home at Hillsborough was a nil nil draw. Uh, that was the season that we. Got to the championship playoff final. Uh, two, that was in 2016, uh, and that was the same season that you got uh, you got relegated. Um, Ross Wallace got uh, got sent off that day, but yeah, it finished uh, it finished nil nil. So uh, so yeah, how do you see how do you see it panning out on on Tuesday? I know you've got a, a fixture on Saturday before that that game, but yeah, how do you how do you see it going? Asking me now, and putting me on the spot. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd take a point. I'd honestly take a point at Hillsborough. Um, I know that you guys like to draw a lot of games over this season. We don't, we uh, don't like to draw them. I mean, I mean we'd pref- <laughs> much prefer to win them. <laughs> it's been, been uh, frustrating. I, I think it's going to be a a tight game. Um, obviously, we're not separated by by many points or positions in the league as well. Um, our away form's been pretty decent on the whole. Um, we have some big wins against Gillingham and uh, Crew away, respectively, 4-1. Um, I'm not saying we're going to... As I said, I, I think I think a score draw, I'd, I'd take that, and I'd, I'd also take a Moai to goal, just to give him a bit of confidence. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of them ones for, for us. Um, there's a lot of pressure on Darren Moore at the moment. Um, I think it will be, you know... 
we we need the wins basically. Uh, whether I think we're going to win um, is probably is, is a different story. I'd probably the same as you, looking at where you are in the in the league in your current form. Uh, a draw wouldn't be such a bad result on its own, but it's the fact when you put them all together and you put put it together with all the other draws that we've had uh, so far this season, it would um, you know it, 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 that would be a bad result for us. We, we've got to be looking for for a win, but. Uh, yeah, you're scoring a lot of goals. We're not keeping many clean sheets either, so uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I think um, I think yeah, it's going to there's certainly going to be goals. I'd like to say we we might win two one, but I said two one pretty much every week, and it never happens. So uh, maybe this is the time where it uh, where it does. But uh, but yeah, um, thank you very much, Jonathan, for uh, for joining us. Um, as I say to everyone, good luck, but uh, for the rest of the season. But hopefully, no, hopefully not for uh, for Tuesday night. The same, the same to you too. Thank you for for having me on, Joey. Just just before we before you go, Jonathan. Obviously, you, you're part yeah. of the uh, the MK Dons Supporters uh, Association. I just wanted to uh, just explain a little bit about that before you uh, before you go. Yeah, So um, we've uh, we've. Recently opened a new fans bar called Lewington's at our home end. Um, we've, uh, we've uh, so it's basically we've actually got somewhere where we can socialise before any any game. That's quite a big area. You can watch the lunchtime kickoff before the game, and it's a real good social area to have. Um, we've also saved up money and got a defibrillator for outside of the. Outside the fan bar as well, um, so that's all sorted. And it's just, it's just brilliant to be part of because everyone that's part of the MKDSA, whether they, um, whether they're a, a member or they they joined or they're they're part of the actual um, MKDSA, they've done an absolutely fantastic job. They've connected with the fans. Um, we've done things like one um, k to Forest Green, no, two k to Forest Green. When we were in League Two, and we managed managed to get that, we do sort of push the odds, sort of game, sort of travel-wise. If it looks like it's going to be simple travel, we'll we'll push the ticket sales, and it's it's just a privilege to be part of. Good stuff, fantastic. Again, Jonathan, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, and um, and yeah, like I say, good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, and you too, apart from Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Jonathan. Thank you. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans